Leader Talk. 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 Hi everyone. My name is Natalie Dawson. Welcome to Leader Talk. This show is proudly brought to you by Brainiac. Each week, we are meeting with incredible leaders from across Australia and around the world to discuss all things leadership and business insights. Each person coming on this show has given up their valuable time for one very clear purpose, to give back to small and medium business owners. In this episode, my co-host, CEO of Peerlight, Gus Sarianto and I are excited to chat to Justin Burgess, Executive General Manager at Laminex Australia. Justin has extensive experience running full profit and loss within the Australian and New Zealand building product segment. Justin's specialties are leading sales and profit turnarounds, building building and developing successful teams, as well as identifying and growing new market segments. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thanks, Natalie. Hello, Justin. Hello, mate. Uh, You know, we've been waiting for this time. I'm so exciting for this talk to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, now, Justin, we begin each episode you, with Gus. two fun questions that we eat, uh, that we ask our guests. So we'd like to ask you your first two. When you're not at work, where sure. will we find you? <laughs> well, <laughs> work and home have kind of blended at the moment. So uh, I think, um, and, and my shout out to everyone in lockdowns at the moment, just uh, first off, I think it's... Um, you know, exceptionally hard. And for those in New South Wales in particular, um, just want to say, you know, I'm a, you know, originally from Sydney, so I really, uh, and in Victoria uh, for the last six months in lockdown. So I really, you know, value what you're going through and um, our thoughts are with you. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, that I mean, I think it, it's blended. It's really, you know, I think the world's kind of flipped on its uh, head, so to speak, at the moment. But my office and my, um, my home are one of the same at the moment um, and have been for uh, a considerable time. So, look, I think um, when I'm not at work, I, I look, I love to walk. I love to walk every day. I think that's been a real uh, upside for me um, in lockdown in particular. Um, you know, the ability to get out, um, either listen to a music podcast. Um, I, I talk a lot while I walk as well with my team and often we do walking meetings. So I think we've had a really good, um, you know, focus on that. But um, and then, look, again, we're not in lockdown. My son, uh, I've got a young son and two older kids as well, but um, soccer and the weekends are, are pretty jam-packed uh, with soccer by Saturday and oh, Sunday. Fantastic. What about you, Gus? Well, I love I love cooking noodles. So when I'm not work, I tend to cook noodles for everyone. And the problem with the lockdown, the problem with the lockdown, uh, the kids can only eat so much noodles. And so, you know, so that's a bit depressing for me. So normally, if we're not in lockdown, I will have a lot of, a lot of friends uh, and a lot of uh, social meetings where uh, I like to cook. So that, that's where you find me, in the kitchen. Oh, fantastic. And one country that you're fascinated by? Oh, great question. Um, I, I'm real, I love travel, by the way. So this is, uh, this is a hard one. Um, uh, I, I, I love Europe. I, I think for, you know, I think, and that's um, a complexity of countries, obviously, but um, I think for that exact reason, you know, that just the being able to go from border to border and have a completely different experience, you know, one from the other. And um, I, I just, I think that's, you know, um, unique, you know, in terms of, uh, of travel. So uh, if I had to pick one within Europe, I'd, I'd say Italy. I'd love it. I think it's... Uh, uh, fantastic. Fantastic. And Gus? Uh, if I have to pick one country, I pick Japan. And the city in Japan, I prefer Osaka than Tokyo. And the reason being is, uh, you know, the history of Japan, they tend, they don't have a lot of things. You know, the country comes with a lot of earthquakes. The country mm-hmm. comes with a lot of challenges, but they have the ability to reorganize very quickly. And when you are, when I'm there, it just felt like, uh, everything organized. They don't tend to focus on the, the challenges. They quickly reorganize. I, I just love them. And they do the best noodles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as well as well as a lot of other things. But I was there a couple of years ago, Gus, and I, I, I absolutely, the organization of that many people, um, I traveled through their subway at one point and it was, it was quiet. 
um, everyone was on the left-hand side of, uh, you know, um, walking upstairs. It was so coordinated, but that many people moving in and yes. out daily, I was, I was just amazed. Yes, it's unbelievable. So that's the place. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, going straight into leadership, um, Justin, you're a leader of a large and leading organisation. Um, how would you describe your leadership style? Um, that's a good question. Um, and, um, it's probably easy for other people to answer about me rather than me, but the way I would explain myself and how I kind of, um, articulate it to my team is I'm, I'm probably the furthest thing away from a micromanager you could imagine. Um, I, I, I really do love the strategic element of business. I, I love, you know, immersing myself in, in those challenges. Um, I spend a lot of time you know, uh, trying to understand what we're facing, um, not only just locally, but globally. So, I, you know, I read, I, I kind of get across a, a number of kind of sources there. Um, but yeah, I, look, I, I love team. Um, I, I really, I love finding talent um, and I love, you know, really immersing that talent in the business um, and, and getting them to, to take ownership. Uh, we kind of talk about a founder's mentality in our business and you know, a very entrepreneurial spirit. So that that's how I, that's what I love. And I think that's, you know, we're gonna drive into a bit of this today. But I, I love um I, I love finding those people that are genuinely passionate um about, you know, kind of growing, um, you know, being really competitive. Um I've, I've got a, a strong competitive edge and, you know, I love kind of pushing business forward. But um I love doing it as a function of a team. Um, you know, and, and having team connected would, would be a really big part for my leadership style. And Justin, can I, uh, I mean, you know, uh, you and I, we, uh, in the past, we came from the same organization. So I can second what Justin said about this leadership style, uh, you know, uh, your, your, your team uh, back then and some of them with you uh, now will we'll see you as someone that don't, uh, don't micromanage them. Now, uh, I'm, a, I'm a noodle shop. I'm the owner of a noodle shop. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, because last week I'm a kebab shop. Uh, maybe this week I'm, shop, changing, yeah. I, I'm changing to a noodle Always shop. Always about week. food, right? Uh, yeah, it, it, it has to. Uh, let's pick the word that is very important. Uh, and I, I, a lot of people talk about it. Executions is not easy. Micromanage from leadership yeah. point of view. Uh, I'm a small business um, and I have three staff. I'm the chef, and I'm also the one who cleaned the kitchen, uh, and I have three staff with me, and they're all young people, graduates, some of them, two of them is not actually graduate yet. Uh, how do I implement uh, or, you know, how do I bring myself to be applying the leadership style where, where we can bring, you know, uh, empowerment to a small business? where the reality of running a small business is, it's actually difficult not to do that because I got a students that don't even clean the uh, plate correctly right now. So I, yeah. I want to I wanna make them clean it even cleaner. What's your view on that? Yeah, yeah it's, a good, it's a good question. And, and look, I've got, I've got to be honest with you, whether you've got three people, 300 or 3,000, um, I think the old adage really this one truly plays out for me and, you know, culture eats strategy every day of the week. Um, and so I think whether you're three or 3,000, you've got to really concentrate on what is your culture? What What is it you want people to buy into? Um, and that, and that's as applicable whether I'm the front counter or I'm, you know, I'm making the noodles. Um, what's what's my culture? Um, you know, how do I kind of quickly up for people particularly when I'm recruiting, because I think ultimately that's what you want. You want, you want passion, right? Um, and and I'd, I'd choose passion over, over anything every day of the week on, on recruitment. I think the technicalities of, of roles, and, and there are some nuances here, right? I mean, you, if you want an engineer, you've got to get an engineer. Um, and, and so there are some, you know, there are some nuances here, but regardless, um, they're they're coming in and they're buying into a culture, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and because and you, and you and I, have, you know, I've spoken about this quite a bit. I mean, culture for me is the quickest thing to exit 
you know, people if you don't get it right. Yeah. yeah. And yet it's the and yet it's the hardest thing to recruit for. So because typically we see CVs, uh, we go down and you know, we tick boxes. Um, but where in there, you know, do we decipher the element of culture? So for me, I think it, it's it's time taken there. It's time to be really clear about both the good and bad elements of your culture so that people come in, you know, with eyes wide open. Um, but find that passion, um, you know, as, as much as you can um, all day, every day, if you're recruiting people and you're trying to build a business, because I just, it, it's what gets you through the hard times. Um, you know, that, that passion, that, you know, that endurance is, is going to last. And I, and I think for, the, for, for, for us, uh, I am as the noodle shop owner right now, uh, I think the key points that I take from you, and I want to come back to Natalie because my youngest son is only year nine r- right now working in the background for Natalie. And I want to share something about what you two, doing, you, you two actually do well. My son, Rylan, um, whether we're running a three-people business as a noodle shop, a small or, you know, company like your, your size, 10,000 people, uh, the ability to focus on empowerment, the ability to, to, to focus on people's strength, uh, it actually will make your business, our business, strive further. And that, so, so, so that's what you said. And then, you also say that selecting passion, of course, we don't select just passionate people if we're looking for engineers or a chef. But sure. passion has to be there. And passion, what I say uh, to to my organization right now, so I'm jumping from a noodle shop to my passion, not necessarily someone look like us, Justin. I mean, we, we are very out there. We like to talk. Passion could be as quiet as Natalie. And, and Nat, you know, when, when Rylan, my son, uh started working with mm-hmm. you uh in the background and you uh, you know y- you just make him feel like he's the most important person in the crew of 10 people that work for you i mean and that's amazing to see a uh, 15 years old can finish work and say i just love this oh, and i asked you right i said to you what do you do and you said well i empower him i asked him to search i think and i think that's the key things that that justin tried to to talk about yeah and i think i've heard that before you know passion as long as i've got that passion skills can be taught so you know oh, yeah. it, it, that's where it's really important rather than just going on by skill set and i think that's what is yeah. exactly what's being said here so just go for that passion the values and then teach the yeah. skills yeah 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 and, and natalie i mean here's another perspective on that right and and it doesn't matter where you look in australia at the moment um the fight for labour is going to be tough, right? We we have no immigration. We're, we're effectively landlocked in some of our states. Um, and so finding that, you know, that passion um, gives the opportunity to go look for other people as well beyond what you would normally think are right your business. Um, you know, does a salesperson have to come from building products? You know, yeah. can they can they come out of a restaurant where, you know, they've been put out of work, but they're so still so passionate that, you know, the, those other skills are learned very quickly because they, they, they're into your business, they're into your culture. So I think for small businesses as well, um, this type of talent is real um, and, and getting out of the comfort zone of who you think is right for your business um, is a real opportunity at the moment. You know, I think to, to think real laterally around where are you going to go find and recruit um, and, and bring talent into your business, it's, it's going to be a real hot topic for a while in this country. Yeah, definitely agree there. Yeah. Um, still on staying on the topic, what do you think then are the most important qualities then for successful leaders? Um, look, I, for, for me, I think if, you, if you're going to lead a business, and, I, and I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty simple guy, um, I, and, I, and I tend to think about business um, as not being overly complicated. I mean, we, we make things, we sell things. Um, you know, and I, I don't think it needs to be overly, more overly complex. Can I just that. stop so, you there, Justin? Um, I, I just want to, th- this is so important, what, what Justin said. Business, Justin, think about business every single day. Yet Justin just said, for me, business shouldn't be a complex thing. And I, I can't, mm-hmm. uh, I can not, not say this because Koshal coming in our future, talking about exactly that 
in more in-depth. And yet, you know, we have two leaders here, Justin and upcoming guest speaker, talking about business shouldn't be complex. We make it complex, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like that, that's a fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think too often, and, and Gus, we, we were talking about this offline and, and, and here's my very simple view of, of business. Um, and, and this is what I was taught and I've taken it to this day. And that is there's really only three business models. And I think this is the real criticality of where people go wrong. And, and if you look across the world, um, after what I'm about to say, you can easily fit them into one of these three boxes, right? And these models are really important for a whole range of different reasons. But product leadership is the first one, uh, or one of them. Um, operational excellence uh, is another one. Um, and customer excellence or customer intimacy is the, the third one. Um, and, and I think more often than not, the businesses that thrive, right, and we can we can talk about whoever we want here, be it Apple, be it Google, they have placed themselves in one of those three business models, right? Now, that doesn't mean the other two aren't important. I'm not saying customer intimacy isn't important as an example, but by choosing one, your focus becomes really clear to begin with. You can you can align how you recruit and what the, the type of person you want. If I'm running a product leadership model, um, I'm going to recruit very differently. I'm looking for entrepreneurial. I'm looking for risk takers. I'm, I'm looking for a very different subset um, of, of passion and competency capability. If I'm in operational excellence, I'm looking for a very different person. So, you know, this clarity of, of business model really helps us refine how we bring people in, the right people, right, and make sure they're in the right model rather than this cross-contamination where people just, you know, it's not who they are and they and they get out of place very quickly back to the culture element um, and, and we get this churn if we don't get this right. So my, my biggest advice for anyone, be it a small business, um, is to be really clear about what business model you're chasing Um the great thing about this, Natalie, Gus, is there's there's reams of information, right? I mean, just just Google any of those three, and you'll get a whole host of information at your fingertips. And and what you'll clearly see is that there are really strong differences between each three. Um, but then when you start to correlate that to people like Google, FedEx, um, whoever, you, you'll find that they typically fit in one of those three. When, when Can I ask you uh, a question, Justin? When you look at the value discipline model, which is what you're talking about, operational excellence, customer intimacy, product leadership, back to the, uh, the, the, the core of leadership right now, uh, say we are going for product leadership, right? And what you said before, uh, doesn't matter which way you go, when you make a decision, you you, you still have the, the two actually part of the business. It's not like you go one and then you're not looking after the customer or you look after the customer without a product. The underlying leadership, say you, you, you know, you're very focal about where you want to take Laminex as a business. You know, you are a very large company. You just want 2021 Australian Financial Review uh, Workplace Choice or whatever they call it. Uh, uh, so there is an underlying leadership attribute that these people, when, you know, when you hire a talent as yeah. a leader and even yourself, um, if you have to pick one, what would be that attribute of the person itself once you pick the right person for uh, the value discipline? Oh, look, um, my, my, my personal one, and, and I think this plays out on whether you're in business or whether you're in life, is resilience, yeah. right? Um, mm. you, you don't have resilience, uh, be it a, you know, a kebab shop owner, a noodle shop owner, or, or someone, you know, running um, a bigger business. Um, it's over, right? Because there's nothing, nothing more certain than things are going to go wrong. Things are not going to go your way. I mean, just look at the last 12 months, guys, yes. um, Natalie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone's been thrown on their head. Um, and, and business in particular have had to, you know, start again. Um, we talk about in our business, a game of quarters, right? I mean, throw the five-year plan out the window, who knows? I mean, I I barely know what's going to go on next week, but what I do know is that we've, if we've got resilience in the business, if we're, 
if we're supporting resilience, if we're recruiting for resilient people, um, and you can do this, um, then I'll, I'll take them every day of the week. Yeah, that's right. Because what what I what I know is they're going to they're going to hit a brick wall, they're going to get back up, or they're going to find another way around it, through it, under it, however they figure it out. So, yeah, it's a great question. Um, resilience. All day, every day. And Justin, Fantastic. how would you actually find someone like you're interviewing them? How will you actually know that they yeah. have this quality? Is there some trick? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think there's a trick. I think, I think you know, for me, when I'm recruiting um, my team as an example, um, it's examples they can bring, and everyone's got them, right? I mean, from their from their childhood, from their you know, their previous job, their personal experience, um, you know, asking someone to explain, you know, how they've been resilient um, and give a good example. It's just an easy way. Um, firstly, you unpack, you know, generally who they are. Um, you know, you often get some really deep insights that aren't just going to come up in a normal interview. And it's not, it's not to, a, you know, find out a, you know, a deep personal secret here. It's just, you know, be clear. This is our culture, right? I mean, Here's our business model. Um, here's what we're looking to do. This is that. This is our strategy on a page. Um, you know, here's our culture. Uh, we like entrepreneur. We like risk taking. Whatever it is, um, and and but a big part of that risk taking is an example for us is um, you, you can't just not everything's going to go your way. So I don't want you to take a risk, get you know, get punished and or fail, and then go. Oh, that's it. I mean, I'm never doing that again. You know, so. I think it, it's just pivoting a little bit on your recruitment. I think it's it's finding you know that that style of person that can quick, quickly articulate um, any amount of resilience. Just a good story, you know. Let's have a chat about what you learned, what 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 you've taken into your your jobs. You know, again, you find that. I'd, I'd but isn't it I'd interesting when we yeah, when, when we listen to um, to you describe resilience? Uh, me, even the audience, uh, I love this topic about mm-hmm. resilience, by the way, and I share with you why. Uh, we tend to think about resilience come from Superman. Yet what Justin talk is about resilience, he talk about what do you learn from your mistake? What can we improve about that? That qualities of the expectation of resilience versus the traditional understanding about resilience is key. I don't think you will become, you can take your business to win a prestigious award of place to work in uh, manufacturing industries if uh, resilient mean people cannot say I'm not okay. I don't think, I, I never see you like mm-hmm. that anyway. Personally, I never see you. I know you more than a decade. So so I think the context of resilient have to be understand because because this is live broadcast that what I believe Justin tried to say in here is the ability to still put your best forward the next day, learn from what's not work, reduce the expectation. Imagine this. This is, we're talking large company executives saying, we are doing it every quarter now because thinking about five years could be redundant. And when I relate all that, oh, yeah. uh, and Justin will be bored me talking about this because every every email, every conversation, I always said, hey, don't forget adversity caution. A lot of people talk about IQ, which is that's the level of your intelligence. Yeah. You know, Einstein have the high IQ. And then Daniel Goleman come with emotional intelligence, which is the emotion of the ability to actually carry yourself, connecting with people, empathy. And what Justin talked about is about adversity quotient. And this is, if you haven't read the book, uh, there's a book called Adversity Caution by Paul Stoltz. Mm. Uh, it's absolutely what Justin talked about because you can all aim to go to Everest, but then on the journey, if you don't have the, you know, the adversity intelligence, uh, you fall. Uh, you fall. So yeah. I, I resonate with, with that, Justin. Yeah. 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 And, and look, well-being is, is a really hot topic in our business, Gus, and I'm, and I'm sure in yours. Um, yeah, and Natalie, I mean, we, we're just spending a lot of time in this space at the moment. Um, health and well-being, um, we've invested. And, and by the way, I think this is one of the great things of what we've just experienced as a, as a country, as a nation, as a, 
as a world, um, the ability to think about each other a little bit better, right? Um, the ability to think about, you know, the health and well-being of our team and our people, um, because ultimately, I, I think this does help with resilience as well. But you know, every business in this country has gone through, you know, a kaleidoscope of choices and changes, and um, and we're still bearing down on that quite heavily. Um, so, you know, I, I think you, you've got to you've got to make sure that you're looking after your team. You've got to make sure they're supported. They've got tools at their disposal. Um, you know, business. Like you know, as I said, I mean, they go home, but it doesn't mean that the you know their health and well being is not as critically important when they yeah. when they clock off as it is when they clock on. Yeah. Um, you know, we're running a twenty four seven you know op- manufacturing operation across six sites. So you know, I think that that focus um, and again, small business large, um, you know, think think quite clearly about how you're helping your people. Are you okay? Conversations. Um, are so important at the moment. Yeah. You know, when, when I'm running my noodle shop, if I see people sad, I give them free noodles, right? So so they're happy because I cook the best noodles. Anyway, I'm back to yeah, you. Yeah, look, there. I'd love to ask, <laughs> you're both really inspirational leaders, um, and this question will be for both of you. What do you actually think is the hardest part of being a leader? And I know this would have changed now given the current, you know, circumstances, but it'd be really interesting yeah. to know. I'll let us go first. Okay, I think uh, I think uh, in my opinion, the word leader. Uh, you know, we we see it now. Uh, you know, we talk about it. I talk about it. Uh, but at the same time, the word leader, whether we like it or not, related to a title somehow. Um, yet, I always believe that a leader is not related to a title. You know, it's not you not become a leader because of a certain title. And if you have the title, that's a blessing. Uh, and how you remain humble and how you remain uh, strong in your in your understanding about humility. You know, I learned from my coach, uh, Graciela, which is coming to lead the talk. Graciela will come to lead the talk in, in, in the future uh, um, uh, podcast. And what she said to me is, and, and it really resonates to me, and this is the hardest thing to apply, easy to say, is people do not actually look up to Superman. And by the way, the audience here, I'm not suggesting that this is, you should agree or disagree with this statement, but I truly believe on this. But people do follow people that have a crack in the, in the totality because we can relate now. Unfortunately, so back to your question, mm. what is the most difficult uh, part of being a leader is to stay true that you are just a human being. Uh, for me, uh, I wake up every day and for me to be able to say that I am just a human being, that I can I can go angry as well, I can feel not okay as well, I can cry as well, I can actually do a bad thing, I shouldn't be look perfect on the live stream like this just because I want to look important uh, and my ability to be just saying it, hey, it's okay. And I, I sit with Justin, I sit with you now. I mean, you are a business owner with three young kids with 10 stuff. Like, I mean, you know, it's okay. That That's, that's easy to say, but to be disciplined about it and to be true to it, it's a, cha- uh, it's a challenging journey. Mm. That's for me. Justin? Yeah, um, I'll I'll kind of sum it up, and, and and I think this is the essence of what Gus um, just said. I, I think the the most difficult part of leadership at the moment is is showing vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? Um, because at, at the heart of it, I think people look to their leaders to okay, you'll know the answer, and and you'll you'll chat the way. I, I think those days are gone. Um, I think leaders have to be vulnerable. They have to. They have to. They have to be strong. Don't get me wrong, but this is this is you've got to you've got to show vulnerability at some point because who knows? I mean, there there was no rule book last year. I mean, we found ourselves our leadership team sitting and going, "What do we do? Like, we've got to try and chart a course through this." Um, no one knew what was around the corner. We had no idea what was in front of us, so we had to be quite open with the business. We we we're not going to get this right. Um, 
we, we don't know all the answers here, right? We, we, we are going to make some mistakes. Absolutely. <laughs> no question about it because we have no idea what's down there. Um, so I think vulnerability for me is, is probably a leadership quality at the moment that is so critically important. Um, and, and people want to see it, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a great example. And this just does my head in at the moment. Um, and, and they're hard to understand at best of times, but politicians, I would just for one person to say, I've got it wrong. Yeah. Right. I made a mistake. Right. We, we've got to do better. <laughs> um, we, we didn't know the answers. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, because how, how, what would, what would that do to people's opinion in my, that's my personal yeah. opinion. Right. Um, I think they would go, that's fine. We don't expect you to be perfect, but don't keep coming up and telling us that you are when we clearly know you're not. Yeah. Um, all we want is that vulnerability. I mean, so I think it's really, really important at the moment. Um, and and that's, that for me is probably, you know, I think going to be important going forward as well. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, and this is kind of going to lead into our next section, but um, generating ideas in your organisation. So how do you actually go about generating ideas? Gus? Uh, uh- me uh, in our uh, our organization also focus uh, you know on the value discipline around the product leadership companies where obviously uh, I, I I want to repeat again because this is unless we talk about it this is often it's not quite uh, common language that we talk about while customer intimacy is the second one that we focus on obviously generating ideas become part of the important uh, journey for pay life um, and, and I will talk about Peerlight and I will talk about if I'm running a noodle shop. Uh, empowerment key. Our vision is to empower our people to do their best. And empowerment only can happen if we allow the people to share their ideas, good or bad. Now, the problem with many organizations, um, mind you, I might look, uh, I might sound like I've been running 200 companies. I'm not, right? But... Uh, I read enough books to understand what's what's going on. Is the topic so simple? We want to generate ideas. We want to empower the people. The executions is the key at Peerlight. We thrive around that. Now, if I'm a noodle shop, what do I do? Well, if I'm a noodle shop, currently I have two people. Uh, generating ideas start with asking them a question. Hey, we have five different noodles. You come from Argentina, while my shop is a Japanese noodle shop. How do I tap into Argentinians so we can eat, we can sell more noodles? And the answer might don't fit to what I want to do. The answer might be, well, if you want to do that, you need to put more chili. So in my organization right now, by asking a lot of questions and by listening to what the people on the ground, and I always believe the people on the ground know more. I always say in my business, hey, be careful, good on paper, bad in reality, because we do not actually accept the answer of the people on the ground. That's that's what we're doing. And, and Justin, what, what about you? Um, yeah, so, I mean, our business model is product leadership, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. Um, so, um, you know, R&D, uh, innovation are at the core of our business, um, fundamentally at the core. Um, so the way I think we tend to think about it at Laminex is we, we want people to be really curious um, and, and have a, a strong sense that's of curiosity. That's fantastic. Um, and that's about their customers as, as it is about anything else. And I think there, there are two parts of this equation for me. I think there are the problems... So we, we call it insight-led innovation, right? Um, and so we want our people to have deep insights, um, be very curious, um, unpack challenge, be sceptical, go in and really unpack what that customer pain points are. I think that's one element, right? And and there are companies around the world that do that particularly well, right? They, they understand their customers, their pain points, and they deliver product innovation, um, be product innovation or service innovation kind of irrelevant. Um, and then I think there's the others, and, and this is where you really see, right, 
um, the the big companies who truly make money, be it in tech, be it in food, be it wherever, um, they figure out what their customers don't yet know, right? They, they figure out a problem that they don't understand just yet, and then they bring a product and service to the table, right? I mean, who, who knew we needed an iPhone? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone was happy with Nokia or their little whatever they're carrying around. I mean, who knew we needed a, a computer in a phone? Um, no one. Yeah, who knew we right. would do a meeting um, with Zoom? That's right. Oh, Microsoft. Well, well ex- exactly. Who who knew we could jump into a car and, and not pay anyone but go from point A to point B? Um, yeah. And, and, and no cash changes hand. Um, you know, so that wasn't something that the, you know, the industry per se was wanting. That was what they thought the consumer needed. Um, and, and if you look at them, they're the companies that are truly um, grow at exponential rates. They, they're, they're extremely profitable um, because they've, they've had this deep curiosity uh, and insight about what is going to happen, right? And they're, therein lies risk, right? Um, for all the ones I've just mentioned, there'll be 100 that didn't cut it, right, and that are on the scrap heap somewhere. Uh, but that's ultimately you know, how we think about innovation. Um, and Gus is right. I mean, we we really try and empower our people. Um, we, 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 we've got teams running all over the business. Um, I'll be honest, right? I mean, I, I walk into rooms sometime and listen to the president and I have no idea, right? Yeah. Because there's so many things going on with so many project teams and that's the way it should be. Yeah. You know, we, we shouldn't have this containment as a leader. You, you want it to be quite fluid. Because ultimately, who's going to be faster to react? Is it the person on the front line, the salesperson or the chef or, or, or whoever, or is it going to be the CEO, CFO? I'd argue it's the person actually yeah. talking to the customer, right? So why would I delay that pain any longer than I need to by saying, you know, let's make sure it goes through all the process that comes to me and I'll sign and then I'll come back to you. By that stage, game over. Yeah. You know what's funny, um, Justin? Just yeah, that's particularly important in product leadership. Sorry, Justin. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, but sorry, you know sorry. what's important about what you said about the most important person, and, and I will move to innovation after this. Um, uh, I can't remember which books, uh, but I certainly read this. They said many companies relate business with sports. That, that, that's a lot of companies, right? So let's just think about a soccer team, right? If, 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 we compare a soccer team, the best soccer team in the world versus the best, you know, versus a company. And what Justin said before, where uh, the, the, the people that is important in an organization is not by title, but by who holds the ball. Now, if you look at the soccer team, the most important is not the coach when the game is on. It's actually the people that actually yeah. running with the ball. Yeah. And there is a lot of organization small, big, medium, extra big, where they start losing and they start forgetting that, like what Justin said, I come to a room. That's what you said, Justin. You can't, You come to a, a meeting room. You have no idea because that room is actually holding the ball and how organization, how a noodle shop like me empower the, uh, the counter person that's selling the noodle to the customer and the noodle come back and said, yeah. I don't like the chili, the chili tastes weird. And I just said, what are you talking about? This chili come yeah. from Japan? Like, I mean, I'll give, you, I'll give you a great example, one that just popped into my mind. And, and because I think you guys have a really strong focus on that small to medium business owner. Um, and, and this happened, I was on a, on a trip um, to the US actually. And we were going around a brand new community um, and part of that community was um, the local corner store, right? And he was trying to compete with the big grocery, big boxes up the road in town. And so here's something that I thought, and I, I'd never forget this in terms of innovation, was he asked everyone that was coming in each day to bring your receipts in from where you shopped, right? And by doing that, his insights were, I now know what they need. I know what they're shopping for up the road, and I'm going to use that as a stocking point for my, you know, my corner store. I mean, what a, yeah. what an amazing concept, right? Um, and I thought 
Jeez, I mean, how, how many how many small businesses would take that approach? And he was a small business. It was, um, you know, like a your local corner store. But he wanted to make sure that his customers didn't go somewhere else. So show me what you're shopping for. I'll make sure it's here um, at the right point. But, the, you know, the, I guess that um, it's where you want it, when you want it. Um, so there's, there's just a great example no, of innovation that you know, didn't cost any money. It was just simply... You know, show me your receipts and and and. You know, it's it's it a awesome. great one. And, and, and sorry, sorry. I'm just going to say, innovation sounds scary, but when you look at that example, it's just it sounds scary yeah. and expensive. <laughs> Looking at that example, yeah. oh yeah, you've got yeah. something that didn't cost much and yeah. something so simple that you don't usually think of. And I think this is the key yeah. uh, that I want to bring to the world that we want to bring to the world. We, we Justin now is a speaker number three, right? They're running a mega business. And the topic, you know, when I put the topic, I put innovation, culture, talent. Oh, my God, it sounds expensive. It's just expensive. Innovation mm-hmm. relate to millions of dollars. Because if you don't spend millions of dollars, you don't actually innovate, but Justin just give us an example. Innovation, just like what Mark Burgess, by the way, yeah. to all of you, Mark Burgess, Justin Burgess, maybe related in in a tree somewhere. A lot of people ask me <laughs> uh, somewhere, <laughs> but uh, um, no, no. yeah, but uh, you know what? Maybe uh, you know. There is, I mean, yeah, innovation is about mindset. I'll, I'll, mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you another one because, and, and this is specifically related. A game on the same trip, by the way. Um, uh, this was, you know, small hardware stores um, trying to compete with Amazon, yeah. right? And and how how do we compete, right? So um, this is often the other problem as well is, oh, God, I'm never going to beat them, right? I mean, they're a billion, you know, whatever they, however much money they make now, um, uh, and, oh, this game's over. They're, they're going to kill me, right? They're going to crunch me. Um, you know, these small, these small um, hardware stores, um uh, it, it kind of innovated where what they wanted to do and, and the and the aim here was this offline experience in an online world, right, the concept. Um, and so they provided a small discount to a customer that was already in a store. They knew they lived in the area and they provided a discount to deliver, right? So on your way home, would you mind dropping this off to, you know, John Smith's house um, and we'll, we'll give you a $5, 10 you know, um, uh, credit on either on this purchase or the next. There's another one, yeah. right? Um, costs no money. Um, it's about community. Uh, these 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 customers were more than happy to do it. They wanted to protect the local store. So yeah, no problems at all. I'll drop it. And and so that was their way of competing with Amazon, yeah. right? Who had massive boxes, you know big trucks and all the rest of them, they, they, they internalized it and found a way. There, there, there's, there's always a way. And, and, and I think that's the key. Uh, the key is if you, if we, sorry, not you, because I'm, I'm on the other side uh, with, with the audience, if we want to stay relevant, we need to innovate. If we want to innovate, do not wait until we find a reason not to innovate. Because listening to what you say, Justin, innovate could mean as simple as understanding your competitor through the customer lens as a as a as a as a grocery store. Or innovation could mean trying to find how you rebrand your business through a free social media. There's a lot of free social media. Innovation could mean about thinking where you thinking about from from your employees your consumer or whoever around you uh, and, and that's what i really think that this is such a great message from you justin where you representing a lot business you bring the topic to such a relevant uh thinking where natalie now you know you running uh, a good business uh, a very you know specific business uh, in in um, in uh, name elite words and innovation, we don't need to wait until there is an automatic printing or automatic something. You know, innovation could be as simple as you know, 
understanding how you can rebrand, how how you can bring your brands. And, well, Gus, mm. it's as simple as what you're doing, you and Natalie are doing now, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, you, you've got a passion for small business. You've got a, a passion for small business owners, and um, and so this is your innovation. I mean, um, it's it's yeah. as much about this concept as it is about anything else. So, I think you know. Um, for for those small businesses, don't don't be challenged by the concept of innovation. It it, it is simple as, as and, and being curious, um, being skeptical. Um, you know, go and get insights. Go and go and think about those things. Go get go. You know, use the concept of the receipt. Right? Yeah. Where 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 are your receipts? Um, figuratively, right? I mean, how do I? How do I think about that concept in my business, and and you know where are those insights that I'm missing? Where are those things that I'm um, not unpacking? I mean, I think you saw it really quickly in say the food and beverage space um, during lockdown, right? Yes. Um, well, they're not coming to us. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to go to them, um, and and that wasn't you know a lot of those things weren't fully cooked meals. It was here are all the ingredients because we've. We've got them all. We're going to show you. We're going to have a Zoom call. We're going to teach you how to, you know, cook some really great yellow carb meals at home. Um, I know you do this anyway, Gus, but <laughs> for the rest of us, um, you know, normal, uh, normal people. Um, so th- there's innovation all around us. Um, it's big, it's large, it's small, um, and it's applicable to everyone. It's more the philosophical view, right? I mean, have a philosophical view of this. Um and, and and think about it in these terms, and and I, and I mean this quite literally. If you don't innovate, um, you are going to die. Yeah. And right? am I am I accurate, um, Justin, to say this? To be able to innovate in our thinking, ability to think with innovation in mind, then we need to be brave to to accept diversity, whether it's a diversity in ideas, diversity in opinion, diversity on people, because the world moving so quick, the the noodle oh, yeah. shop that I know right now in the past, you know, I born from, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure no one thinking I'm from Italy. Uh, I'm, I'm born from Asia where noodles is literally just a noodle. Now you go to Melbourne, like Melbourne, there is hundred type of how to cook noodles. And I still surprised there's one that is actually sell more than the other noodle shop. How basic is cooking noodle? And mind blowing. Yeah, I um, I I think, and there's heaps of books on this. But I, again, my my simple insight into this is you've almost got to have a passion to kill your business. Yeah. Right. It's almost like you've got to figure out a way because if you're not doing it, someone else is probably doing it for you. Right. So, um. And that's, com- that's competition. So if you're the best noodle shop in town, if, if there's got to be someone around the corner thinking, how do I knock Gus off, right? Um, so it's your job to do that. Yes. If, if it's your job to think about how you kill the business model that you've got right now um, and innovate and iterate and, and move on. That's, so that that's very strong, constantly... isn't it? Thank, uh, can, can you repeat yeah. again? This is very important for all of us because you're using a very animatic language here that I, I really love. Can, can you repeat again? So for all of us, then, so to to have a thinking for, to for me, our business to grow, that's fantastic. You, you, you've, you've got to kill your business because the art of competition is someone's looking to do that for you. So, and the, and the best way to defend against that competition is continually to evolve. Because what's the competition got to do? I've got to evolve too. I'm not chasing that anymore. I'm chasing another thing. I'm chasing another thing. And and the great companies in the world do this so well. Right, it's almost like a product's been launched, and the next product is to replace it. Just think of phones. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, iPhone, whatever it is now, twelve comes out. What's coming next? Thirteen. I'm going to kill that one. Yeah. Right. Yes. Why am I? It's going to be better. It's going to have yes. a better camera. It's going to have better yep. functionality. Yeah. And so automatically, I've launched it, and now I'm trying to get rid of it. And so, what's the competition forced to do? Oh God, let's not focus on the twelve. We got to think about the thirteen. And that hasn't even come yet. Um, so I think these are, you know, these are the concepts that, um, you know, I, I think any business really needs to harness. But if, if you're not thinking about 
your 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 impending um, business, you know, coming up, someone coming up, well, then someone else is. Yeah, I have a question uh, also. When we talk about that kind, you know, you I pulling it back to the to the way you run your business, the way you make your team curious. You know, that's the culture within Laminex that you grow. You are a product leadership. Uh, you want to innovate. There's a lot of highly driven people that will the eyes instead of looking like this, they will be looking like this. All right now, that relate to talent and retention. Right, because fortunately or unfortunately, the specific type of people that is very very curious is also curious for a lot of things, not only what they do. How do you manage talent talent in the retention point of view, or, or what framework, what message you can give to us um, when you have that um, kind of people? You, you, you brought it up before. Um, my concept that I, I'm talking about with my team at the moment is how do you how do you move from player to coach? Yeah. Right? Um, and, and and therein lies the great opportunity is, you know, as a coach, it's the team on the field that you're concentrating on, not the leadership that's sitting in the around the table, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's how we focus. So we've built we've built um, and invested in systems. Or, and platforms, if you like, that encourage, not only encourage that, absolutely support it. So um, our business, um, and, and for those of you that, um, you know, again, probably in the medium to, to kind of large, but, you know, even a medium-sized business, um, we invest, invested in a, uh, in a concept called integrated business planning, um, uh, IBP. Um, it's a company called Oliver White, Um they literally book, and I mean, literally wrote the book on sales and operational planning. I'm giving you a bit of a plug here, um, and and we've brought that into our business. So what that does is it supports teams, um, and and ultimately what happens is all those decisions, both daily, weekly cadences, up to a monthly cadence, um, are already done by the time it hits our senior leadership team, where we're being informed uh, or we are being asked to make a critical decision. But the decision process has already been done they've provided options and we've got to make a decision wow right so we've we've implemented and it's been a game changer so um you know it's those teams that are literally running the business day to day um and and making critical decisions so they don't have to pivot they don't have to come to me they have to come to anyone but it's 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 their decision to be made um it's a freedom within the framework, so they've been given a strong framework of, of how to accomplish that. Um, but that was one way. Um, so we are you, are you saying that to just, to get, just to get a clarity on this? Are you saying the minute you transform your business to make people making decision quickly, whether it's through system or whether empowerment, uh, that's one way of retain good people, even the curious type of people that oh. you bring. What, what's what's basic human nature? I mean, yeah, you want to see progress, yeah, right. You in whatever form, as simple, and it, it can be as simple as you want to make it. But um, we and then that's what the players want to do. They want to they want to win, um, yeah, and they want to see progress and they want to see momentum. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely, you've got to you've got to find a way to support and encourage and. Uh, and reward that as well because um, you know, but again, you, you've got to you've got to relinquish. You've got to have you know this is a, a strong trust element here as well, right? And you're not always going to get this right. I mean, but um, for most leaders, you know, and and the, the really good ones, I think they've got a a great element of trust. They recruit well, right? Um, they hold accountability, right? Um, the old adage is they, they, they're very quick to get the wrong people off the bus and the right people back on. Um, absolutely critical. Um, and do not take and do not waste time on that space either. Um, if, if they're wrong and you've given the opportunity, you've got to move quickly for the benefit of the entire team, yeah. right? Because it, it's the it's a weak link that you can ill afford. So, you know, there are some philosophical opinions here that, you know, I think are really relevant in in a business that 
you know, needs to move and, and, and wants and has the bulk of its, you know, team wanting to move quickly. Um, but yeah, I, it, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. you is, gotta whack the trust card on the table. It is, it is, uh, you know, uh, uh, I never run a small business, but, uh, you know, I empathize with the challenges because if I'm a noodle shop and my staff is actually the cousin of my best friend or something like that. And, you know, to do a quick changes, you know, like there's a lot of, in you know, personal connection. Uh, yet what you're saying is absolutely, I agree, where unfortunately or fortunately the world moving so fast to stay relevant, the, 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 the well-being of the organization doesn't matter what the size and the, the performance of the organization have to be looked at first before the individuals because the one individuals could actually drag down the, the whole lot. Doesn't matter what's the size. Yeah. And then that's the same as a, you know, a soccer team or, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of players on the ground that are you know, clear as to what they've got to do, where they've got to stand. I mean, you, you can't have everyone on the wing. Yeah. Right. Um, otherwise, they're going to run through the middle. So I don't think business is any different. I, I go back to the business model again, Gus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get, get that right. Um, and, and you'll recruit the right people because, you know, there are people that, and, they, and it's not necessarily they're the wrong person, they're just, just the wrong person for that model, right? Yes. They may be very strong in customer intimacy models, as an yes. example. Yes. They may be very strong in operational excellence, right? Because they love process. They love, you know, they love the process of operational ex- excellence, right? Like a FedEx. Yeah. yeah. Right? They're not about customer intimacy, Right, as you might think, they're about getting the box from here to here in the shortest and most economical time frame. So they have processes, and obviously for the right reasons, it, you've got to go through you know steps one through four. Um, whereas you know product leadership, um, that that discipline and and that um, uh, and that capability is not as important. Yeah, right, because we want fluidness. We want sometimes we're going to go one to four and then back two, two through yeah. two. Um, so hence why I'm just saying, uh, find the right business model that's right for you. Um, and then everything else can run off it. Your, yeah. your, your, your structures, your, you know, product leadership is about trying to get rid of bureaucracy. It's trying to make layers flat so that decisions are quick. Um, it's, it's about innovation, risk taking. Now these are not what you want <laughs> in FedEx as well. Yes. Correct. Right. I don't, I don't want people you know, playing around with um, the system because I know the system gets that box to there. If I've got people in the middle going, oh, I'm going to innovate and I'm going to – no, you're, you're not going to work here. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, it's as much for you, the business owner, as it is for who you're bringing into your business, yes. right? Because then it's then it's it, it, it becomes a lot easier. I'm not saying it solves all your problems. I mean, you're going to get it wrong, um, but it's so much easier to 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 kind of think about who and where you're coming from. You can then kind of aggregate to certain industries that are the same, yeah. and and you know that that pool of talent is is going to be right for you. But you can eliminate other industries. It can it can really change your focus on on who you're bringing into the team. Yeah. yeah. Can I just yeah. ask on that, um, Justin? This is all super interesting. So just coming from the perspective of small business, you know, sometimes time is a big thing and you're barely, you know, you're working long hours. The last thing you have time for is to think about innovation. So what advice would you have for a small business that says, you know, I don't have time, I'm just going to keep going with what I'm doing? How can they actually bring innovation? I- into it, I'd prioritize it because I, I go back. If, if you're if you're in business to to set a future and to provide future for other people, then it's it's incumbent on you to think because I, I, you know if it's a there's almost likely there's one else thinking about it more than you. Yeah. So, you know, I'd, I'd prioritize it. I'd. Um, I'd make it a part of, you know, everyday conversation. And, and again, now I think that's the curiosity that I'm talking about. Um, what's around, 
corner? What do we think's around the corner? Look globally, look locally. Um, be inquisitive. Um, be really curious. Um, and, and I think it's just those elements. And, and every, you know, every new thing you unpack will be a new learning, you know, innovation. Um, you guys are doing this as we speak, right? I mean, it's podcast. It's from your first to your third, um, to your thirteenth, are going to look and feel very different because yeah. you're learning, you're curious, you're getting feedback, you're yeah. you're, you're iterating, you're making it better. Um, that's innovation. I mean, yeah. and I think that's the key, key, right? Because, like what Natalie said, the world is scary. All the world in the business world is scary, but in my personal opinion, uh, we just don't want to say in the tone down, like Justin mentioned it, innovation is not $20 million in, in the factory burning something. That, that's, that's the process of after the innovation thinking, but it's more about the thinking. So if I summarize this as we are passing the one hour, if you don't mind, Ned, around this. Uh, what Justin, Justin, first, I just want to say thank you because, because your passion, especially around the value discipline where a business looking at it from three uh, three points, whether it's a customer intimacy, uh, operational excellence, or, or product leadership. Uh, every business actually got it all. That's what you say. Pick one Absolutely. that you want to do really, really well. And in the case of Justin, he's a passionate product leadership model uh, you know, uh, organization where what we talk about in the last one hour is more about how do you translate product leadership culture to the talent, to the innovation thinking, to how you empower each other, to making sure that you don't actually say that you want to be product leadership model, but then you put every process where Everyone just can't actually come up with ideas. And then Justin closing it by saying to all of us, including me, uh, one of the noodle shop owner in Melbourne, that please remember that while innovation sounds expensive, innovation starts with your curiosity, start with your ability to ask and be be open to ideas. And, and we are very thankful, Justin, you support this leader talk. Like I, you remember, I called you and said, look, Justin, I need you to be here because, because no one want to come into this. And today we are fully booked until end of November. I mean, that's awesome. That Thank you to well, everyone. Yeah. Like I got people that actually putting themselves with risk, like yourself here, like, a, you know, uh, less than eight weeks ago, we had no idea. And, uh, and coming back to what you said, yes, we improvise, we try to make it better, we talk, and come back to you, Nat, because it's real for you. Mom with three kids, staff, you know, you need to run the business. Um, and I don't know whether saying this is actually will be bad or not, but, um, you know, but I want to say that it, it, it become a choice too. In the absence of curiosity, in the absence of innovation, and even bring it back to what Mark Burgess said in the absence of you thinking global, and then bring it back to leader talk one where, where Daniel Wood said, in the absence of sacrifice, and he said clearly on leader talk one, everyone talk about success, only few want to pay the price, mm -hmm. we, will, we will lose. So that's the price we pay. And Justin, thank you so much for just saying it as is. Thank you so much to say, you know, to, to explain it in the way that we can understand. Natalie and I, very appreciative yeah, of this. thank you. Uh, and uh, we wish you well with your journey. You run a sizable company, you know, everywhere we go, we see your brands. And so that's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's good. to the team at Laminex and a few of you, a few of you, they are my ex-colleagues, my friend as well. Uh, well done in, in, in bringing the business to to win a prestigious uh, recognition as one of the best place to work. Congratulations. Justin, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Thanks, Gus. Thank um, thanks, Natalie. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you, Justin. And thank, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, for more information on Leader Talk and for some great resources to help 
your business grow, check out brainiac.com.au. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Leader Talk. 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 Leader Talk.